for the last move you will ever have in your life. Isn't that good news? How many of you love to move? You're a weirdo. Seriously. And moving in the south in the summertime? Oh, this is the last move you will ever have in your life. This is the best news for you. Revelation 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride ordained, adorned, I'll get it, for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eye, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There will be no pain, for the former things have passed away. That will be important a little later on. Let's dwell on that phrase. The former things will be passed away. And he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And he who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual, immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Well, then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the last plagues came to me and talked with me and said, come and I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. So he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God, her light was like the precious stone, and like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And she had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and the twelve angels at the gates, and the names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of Israel. And three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he talked with me, and he had a gold reed to measure the city and its gates and its walls. And the city is laid out in a square, and its length and its breadth And the measurement of the city was with a reed, and it was 12,000 furlongs, a length and a breadth and a height are equal. We'll get into that in a little bit. And then he measured its wall, 144 cubits, according to the measurement of a man and that of an angel. And the construction of the wall was of jasper, and the city was of pure gold, like clear glass. And the foundations of the walls of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones, And the first foundation was jasper, and the second sapphire, and the third was of a red color. 
And the fourth, because I can't pronounce it. <laughs> you know my secrets. <laughs> it's Chalcedonia, by the way. And the fourth is emerald, and the fifth is Sardis, and the, uh, the fifth is Sardonyx, and the sixth is Sardis, the seventh is Crystallite, the eighth is Beryl, the ninth is Topaz, and the tenth is Crystal Phrase, and the eleventh adjacent, and the twelfth is Amorist. Let me just pause a second. None of this will matter in a minute. But I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. For the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it, and the Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved will walk in its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory and honor into it. And its gates shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, but there shall by no means enter anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, again for your word and what is to come upon your bride and upon your church. Lord, thank you for the book of Revelation as we're coming to an end to it. And Lord, your grace and your mercy through these last 21 chapters are amazing. Lord, your love towards mankind, it doesn't cease. And that you would want all to come to repentance and enter in to this new Jerusalem. So, Lord, thank you for our time. Spend time with us, Lord, and encourage our hearts. Bless those, Lord, serving around the building in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last week we left off with the great white throne judgment and everybody that was judged by that. And we saw that if your name was not lit, written in the book of life, and then we see that here today, the Lamb's book of life, you are not granted entry into the next chapter. Everybody got that? So what was, what was amazing about the last chapter is that the devil is gone. Can I get a woohoo, Jesus? Thank you. A, a little bit lower. We'll see how second service does. But think about this. We are going into a period of time without the enemy. Isn't that good news? So there is no a de a deception that is having you and I have a new body. We got that a couple of chapters ago. Uh, everything is new that we're about to experience. And so this chapter... Uh, along with a little bit into the next chapter, describes what we will go through. But I, I want you to try to, to think about it this way. Don't focus on the city. Focus on the person who is in the city, and that is God. Next week, we will see that we will see his face. Now, listen, and we're going to get into that next week, but we will have already seen Jesus' face. So why are they putting that? It could very well be that we are going to see the Father's face. He had told Moses, listen, if you see me, you're going to melt. But now we have a transformed body, and now we are in a sinless state. And that's where we walk into chapter 21. So now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, 
For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. This planet, have you figured it out in the last couple of chapters, is going away. Peter says that it will melt with a fervent heat. All that you know about now, all you know about the universe now is about to go away. He says, yes. (laughs) I think he was thinking about COVID and politicians. I'm sure it's in the text. There will be no politicians. Can I get an amen there? That was pretty exciting. Thank you. Like, we don't care about that other thing, but when you say no politicians, <laughs> stop being so excited about heaven. Actually, I was thinking about titling this message, are you ready to go to heaven? And then you were like, yeah. I'm like, well, you're not going because it's not heaven. This is eternity. We're going to a new home, which is called the new Jerusalem. It's not heaven. Ah, technicality, isn't it? <laughs> And God is not in heaven. He is dwelling amongst us. Uh, We're only on verse 1. We're going to do the whole chapter. I don't want to get bogged down in the weeds because most of what we are reading is John with his, uh, that's you and I, human understanding of something that he has seen in the future and that God makes all things new. And he You can't describe something new in human language. Everybody got that? So this is a wonderful chapter to get us to chapter 22. You got that? Don't dwell on it. Whatever is about to happen is going to be awesome. Your home that Jesus went to make for you, behold, I go, right, to prepare a place for you. Whatever that is going to be in this city of the new Jerusalem is going to be wonderful. No one will care that they don't like the color of the wall because it seems that the walls are clear crystal gold. What does that even mean? But we're trying to put it in this little 3% brain. You can't do that. We need a transformed body. Notice with me that the first earth uh, and the uh, heaven had passed away and there is no more sea. Whatever this new planet looks like, and it will be a lot bigger than the planet we are on currently, and we'll see that with the dimension of the city, but whatever that is coming, there is no sea, there is no need for it. Next week, we're going to see a river comes out of the temple of God, so there is water, there are trees, it seems, but the things that this planet needs to have operating, which is... I know we went into this, the big science lesson on the seas, how important the sea is, uh, the, uh, the plankton that's in that creating oxygen. It could very well be that we don't need oxygen. <sighs> Whatever's about to happen, this body can't inhabit it. It must be transformed, metamorphous, that Jesus says, that is what the resurrection is going to be. This body cannot go into this new address. So therefore, you need a new body. I I should just preach on this from here and then let you read the rest of it. That means you need Jesus today because you can't walk into this new address without Jesus Christ in your life. That's it. So then I, John, saw a, notice, holy city, the new Jerusalem coming out of heaven 
from God, prepared as a bride or ordained, no, adorned for her husband. Thank you. Just shout things out left and right. Verse 3. This is what I want to look at because Jesus makes mention of this as well. He said, I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Now, keep your place here. Let's turn to John chapter 1. Now, if you know the word at any, you maybe have an idea of where I'm going. First, not first John, John 1, verse 14. John speaking of Jesus, and he calls him the word, the Logos. He says, and the word, Jesus, became flesh, and here's our word, dwelt and tabernacled among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Father, full of of grace and truth. So when Jesus became flesh, however that happened from eternity to that body, how he put on 100% man, 100% God, he tabernacled with us. He dwelt among us. He wanted to live with us. Think about where we are in Revelation and then the beginning in Genesis. What happened in Genesis? It says that God walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. Yes, it would seem that God tabernacled. He dwelt with them. So the beginning and the end marks exactly what God is going to do for you and I. Turn back now to Revelation 21.3. And so he will tabernacle with us. Notice, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. It would seem that we go back to some form of Genesis, where where Jesus will be dwelling in the midst of, of the new Jerusalem. I mean... Think about the most famous person right now you'd like to, to just hang out with. You got it? I know it's me. <laughs> Think about that you could just go and hang out with him. You're just, you know, walking on the pier or something on the beach. Think about bumping into Jesus in the New Jerusalem. Hey, Ron, what are you doing? Oh, tabernacle. Do you get that? Because we're outside of time, you're not going to know that, well, that was the last time I saw Jesus was like a billion years ago. We're outside of time. What does that all mean? I got no idea. All I know is he's going he's gonna to dwell with us, with his people. Just let that sink in for a minute. And notice what God does for us. He's very gracious to us. God will wipe away every tear from their eye. There will be no death, nor sorrow, no crying. There will be no pain, for the former things have passed away. And this is the phrase. 
I want you to get. I mean, obviously, the no pain, the no sorrow, that's a no-brainer. He had said that a couple of chapters ago when we already entered heaven. But it says the former things will pass away. What are the former things? Look around the room. This building, the TVs, the technology. Oh, wouldn't it be great not to have an iPhone? No internet, no news. Those are the former things. No taxes. No, now calm down, people. The IRS is watching. All these things that are our former life. No addictions. You just list them all out. It also means that because there is no pain and because there is no sorrow, whatever gave you pain and sorrow here on planet Earth will not be remembered in eternity. Isn't that good news? And let me say it like this as gently as I can. Maybe you've got a family member, a mom, a dad, a son, or a daughter, and they didn't accept Christ. And they got judged last week at the great white throne. Well, whatever stepping into this new Jerusalem does, God takes that and he removes that. Because heaven wouldn't be heaven if we were bummed out about our family members. Amen? Isn't God good that he would remove pain and sorrow from our head for all eternity, and all we have to focus on is the Lamb, is what He is about to teach us for eternity. There is no bummer in the New Jerusalem. Did you read it? There is no new, there is no, no new bummer. The former things have passed away. What does that mean? How much attention do we put into the things that will about to be the former things? How much effort do we put on this third rock from the sun and the stuff and all of that that will go away and you won't remember them anyway? But we're told to to get this new thing and that thing and strive for this and go for that. And, and in the church, they are focusing people on self. Don't you focus on self. Focus on the one who will spend eternity with us. For the former things have passed away. I won't remember that. It will only be about the lamb. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't remember each other in the room. You will. Notice, then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. I have no idea what that means. What does new mean? I can't give you what that means because I'm using a human brain that is not equipped for the next move. I mean, it's almost like, John, why even put it in there? Because we can't even wrap our head around it. John is using terms like, like this, like that. He is trying his best in human language to describe something that is gold 
but it is translucent gold. He is doing the best to tell us about it. But ultimately, it doesn't matter. Amen? It's only about the person in the city, and that is Jesus and the Father. Behold, I make all things new. I, okay, I, great. But I don't know what that means. And he said to me, write, <laughs> for these words are faithful and true. You, you know what I like about that scene? Because I love the humanity all through the Bible. Wait till we get to Job in a couple of weeks. You're like, we will be full on humanity. It's almost like John is looking. Have you ever been like that? You're like, your mouth's open. What? And then someone has to tap him on the shoulder. Hey, buddy, you're not here to gawk. You're here to write. So write it down. Notice the words are faithful and true. And he said, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And I don't know why they don't have this in red letters. You might have a version that, like I do a red letter Bible, but in the next two chapters, there's some areas where it should be Jesus speaking because he is the mouthpiece of the Trinity. And so it is him. It is done. I am the alpha and the, the omega. This is the, the beginning and the end in the Greek alpha, alphabet. And I will give the fountain of the water of life, notice, freely to him who thirsts. Are you thirsty? Are you tired of this world? Well, Jesus will give you what you need. Not only did he say, I am the, the fountains of living water. He is the bread of life. He is the door. Those great I am statements that Jesus made. He will give to everyone who asks of him. And he who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Now, through the book of Revelation, we have seen this theme of the overcomers. It has been all through the book of Revelation, to him who, who overcomes, which means there is something to overcome. Was that too, too philosophical today? I didn't want to go deep, but... Think about that. What is to overcome? Life on planet Earth, filled with sin, with filled with sinners, which is us. And so he who overcomes shall inherit all things. What does all things mean? Got no, yes, all, but I got no idea what that means because he just said, behold, I make all things new, which we don't know what that means. So what does all mean? I don't know. What are all things? I don't know. Will you be married in heaven? I don't know. Or in New Jerusalem? I don't know. I don't know what the new is. Does he have a new relationship? I don't know. I know what you're thinking. Maybe I should have came to next week. <laughs> this guy doesn't know anything. Now you're catching on. <laughs> There is just things that we don't know. Paul says, I'm looking in a mirror dimly, but soon I will see as he is seen. It's coming. It's going to be clear. How many of you, uh, at one point, you needed to make a transition to the reading glasses? 
he realized, I can't read my Bible anymore. Helpful hint, get an iPad. Font just gets bigger each year. (laughs) I remember the first time I put on the reading glasses at level one. It was amazing how clear thing. Amen. It was just like, what? This is clear. You went to the doctor, right? And you got your prescription and they did it and they did the little click, click, click thingy. And all of a sudden, I can see. Right now, we are all, we are ready to get our clear glasses. We don't get it all now, and that's okay. Please don't go down that road that I have to know everything about God to worship him. He wouldn't be God. It's okay not to know. In fact, we'll be blessed by that. And then in verse 8, he says, but the cowardly, and this is the list of people who will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it's not that he needs to put it in there but he needs to put it in there so that everyone knows that not all roads lead to God and to this place. Last week, you either are or you aren't. You either a saint or you're an ain't. We saw that last week. And you were judged on that. And then God sent you away. But he says the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexual immoral sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars have their part in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Now, when you read verse 8, you realize, only by the grace of God am I not still on that list. Right? It is only by God's grace that I am walking into and opening the door of my new apartment in the new Jerusalem. It is only by God's grace that he allowed somebody to come talk to you and I. By the way, whoever led you to the Lord or gave you that message, send them a note. Say, thank you for for bringing the message to me so that I could hear it clearly and that I could get a new address. Well, then one of the angels who had the seven bulls, so this is an angel from before. I don't know what's going on. Are they just hanging out? And the angel says, Hey, John, what's going on? What do you mean, what's going on? I'm doing this whole book of Revelation thing. Whatever is happening, he comes up to him. Notice, he came to talk to me saying, come, look, I'll I'll show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me in the spirit to a great and a high mountain, and he showed me the great city, the holy city, descending out of heaven from God. Now, that doesn't mean that there are great and high mountains Uh, in this new planet that we're going to be on. It just simply means it's a vantage point. Everybody got that? He's just saying, look, come see it, and the only way you can see it is from a vantage point. So uh, listen to that. What is your vantage point? Is it this world or is it the next world? I pray that as a believer in Christ, it's focused on the next world, not this world. Oh, do what we're supposed to do, which was share Jesus Christ, but not put deep roots in like Abraham, who was a sojourner and a pilgrim. He never really had a home that you and I would know of. And so 
he carried me away and he shows him this city. It says in verse 11, having the glory of God. So we're going to play this out in a minute. And her light was like the precious stone of a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And we're going to see a lot of that clear as crystal. Now, I want you to think about these gemstones that we know. We have a reference, but when we make all things new, do we still have the same gemstones? I I don't know. What is all uh, make all things new? What is what is clear gold? Do we have that here? No. So obviously John is doing the best that he can to give us an idea and listen, I'd rather not spoil it. Now, for you who wanted to know the sex of your kid, great. My wife and I, we wanted to see and know that our God is a hilarious giver. <laughs> and we were amazed every time one came out. Oh, we thought it was going to be a boy, but it's a girl and we don't have a name. I would rather look through this list kind of briefly, but just say, uh, I just want to see it for myself. How amazing it's about to be. Because no matter how good uh, John tries, would we not all agree? It's like someone telling you about a destination until you go see it. How many of you have ever st- stood on the, the rim of the Grand Canyon? It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Now, when someone told you to go to the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls, that was amazing to see. And we were on the American side. We didn't even see it from the Canadian side. We were just on our side. And it's amazing. The amount of water coming off of that Niagara Falls, no one could describe that to you. When you're standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon, it's so amazing. And then you add whatever, you know, destination someone told you about, and you get there, and you're like, nothing compared to that. I remember (laughs) flying into Nepal for the first time and seeing, you know, Everest and K-9 and all of these huge, like, we got some big mountains in our country. Not like those. They're huge. So it's it's John telling us about the destination in a brochure, but it's still a brochure. Everybody got that? <laughs> well, let's go through it. And so, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and she had a great and high wall with 12 gates, and the 12 gates, and I'm sorry, and 12 angels at the gates, and the names that are written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. So, In God's grace, the 12 tribes of Israel get their name on a gate. They don't deserve it. Think about the, which we will get to, the history of Israel in Genesis and all that those 12 did. The men up the retreat, we were just going through uh, the life of Joseph briefly and what his brothers had done to Joseph. And yet, they get a gate named after them. God's grace. They don't deserve it, but it's there. And then it says there are three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. 
Now the wall of the city had 12 foundations. Now what is a foundation typically? It is something that you cannot see. And yet this foundation can be seen. It's interesting. So the foundation is not below ground. It is above ground. And note with me, it is what? (laughs) Are the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Now right there, a a debate could, could rage on. Is it uh, Matthias or is it Paul? Oh, debates and books have been written. It doesn't matter. When we get there, we're going to like, yeah, I knew it was Paul. I don't know. I don't want to. Matthias is going to come up and hurt me in heaven, and I don't want. I d- could very well be. Again, church, will it matter what the building material and what the name on the stone is? No. What will matter is that God is dwelling with man once again. And so, he, uh, he, verse 15, And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city and the gates and the wall. And verse 16 says, The city is laid out in a square. Everybody got that? What's a square? It's a square. It's not complicated. It's a square, and its length is as great as its breadth, which means this square is a cube. It's as wide as it is high. Now, that's important. Look at what, how big it is. And the measurement of each wall, oh, no, where did I go? Oh, let's talk about how big it is. It is 12,000 furlongs. Its length, its breadth, and its height are equal. That's easy to figure out, right? A furlong. How many of you have said to Home Depot, listen, I need two furlongs of uh, two-by-fours? What? This is what I want you to write next to it, 1,500 miles. Now, what did I just say? It's 1,500 miles that way, that way, that way, that way, and that way. Now, I decided to be gentle to you today and not go into a complete science episode, but our atmosphere starts at 50 miles. This is 1,500. So if you put this city on our planet, it would just fall over because of the weight. Some have said that the city is about the size of the moon. Now, take the moon and plop it down. Where is it going to go? From the East Coast all the way through the Midwest, because our country is about 3,000 miles right long, and take it from Texas to the Canadian border. So half of the country, plop it down and then go high. It has been said, and I don't know who did the, the math on this, but... Everyone uh, would have approximately one million square feet personally to themselves in the city. Ladies, I know what you're thinking. I got to start working on my decorating now. (laughs) It's all done for you. God knows who you are. He knows what colors you like. He knows that pillow you like. He knows what he knows you he loves you and when you love somebody you know things about them 
So this is 1,500 miles square. So, just to use a little bit of common sense, it might mean that the planet is bigger than our current planet. Why do we need a planet? We don't. We just have it here. Its wall is 144 cubits, about uh, 216, 200 and uh, over 210 feet thick, not high. That's a thick wall. Why do we need walls? I got no idea. I have no idea why we need a wall. Because we just learned earlier uh, in verse 8 that they, the sinners won't be there. Why do we need a gate? I got no idea. I don't know why we need gates to open or close or anything. Why have them? What's my... I have no idea. When you're in heaven, you're Jesus. Yes, way in the back from Calvary Chapel, Wilmington. <laughs> Why are there gates? Go to this room over here. I don't, I don't know. Ask, ask our Lord when we get there. And then the construction, and, and it just goes through all of these. Notice in verse 21, it talks about each individual gate was one pearl. That's where people get the pearly gates from. Pete's not there. There is no entrance into the pearly gate. Ask people. You ever ask? Someone said, well, I'm just going to talk to Peter at the pearly gates. Where, what is our favorite phrase here at Calvary Chapel, Myrtle Beach? Where is that in the Bible? Well, you've got a pearl and a gate, but no Pete by the gate. Because Pete isn't Jesus, and Jesus is the only one that allows people into the new heavens and the new earth. I mean, we joke about it, but people take this stuff seriously. And you can't, because it's not in the Bible. And if it's not in the Bible, then I'm not going to hold on to that. Or purgatory, or you name the other things that are extra biblical that are not in God's word. So one pearl, that's a big shell. Think about that. One pearl, what, is it, what does it look like? And the streets of the city were pure gold like transparent glass. I think what God is trying to tell us here is the things that we focus on on this planet about obtaining are the building materials in heaven. And think about how much man strives for gold and will be walking on it. And no one will be trying to pull it up, right? <laughs> you go by Tom's house, he's got a whole street in his million square foot, you know, home. That's not what it is going to be. Note with me in verse 22, there is no temple. Because there's no sacrifice. What is the temple for? Go back and read what the temple is for. In the Old Testament, it was pointed to Jesus, was it not? And Jesus said, I've come to fulfill all the law and the prophets. All is fulfilled in me. Therefore, he is the Passover lamb. He does wash away our sin. So therefore, we don't need a temple because there is no more sacrificial system because Jesus is right here. So there's no temple. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God 
illuminated it, and the Lamb is its light. So know with me, there's a lot of things missing, isn't there? And I, I, as I, I came up here, I made this note because it's been in my head. I just forgot to get it in my iPad. And the reason why we have the universe, why we have the heavens declaring God, Romans 1 say, uh, tells us because it points to God. So therefore, we don't need a universe. We don't have any stars. We don't have a sun. We don't have a moon because we don't have tides, we don't have the sea, we don't have any of that stuff that is here on planet earth. So we don't need stars to point us to God because God is standing in front of us. That's amazing. And so there is no need for the sun and the moon to to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it, and the lamp, the lamb is its light. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? He said, let there be light. But he was already light before he said, let there be light. Um, 24. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in the light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and their honor to it. I got to tell you another thing I don't know. You're like, we ain't got that kind of time. It is these phrases about the nations and the kings because there is no nations and there is no kings in heaven. Isn't that good news? There's no politicians in the way. So is John trying to say the nations uh, as in totality? Is he trying to say kings as God calls us, kings and priests of the Most High God? I don't know. Ask him. And when we get there, will it matter, church? No. (laughs) My favorite phrase through the... Through Revelation. We have no idea what it means. All I know is they're bringing their glory and their honor to God because that's all we have. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night. Now, in a walled city, you shut the gates at night. Why? Because bad things come out at night. What did your grandfather ever tell you? Nothing good happens after midnight, right? It's a Well, if there is no night and there is no bad, then they don't need to be shut at all. Why do we have gates then? Don't know. Ask him. And they shall bring the glory and their honor of the nations unto it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or lie but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So he ends with nothing will defile what we're going into, and that is good news, which means the devil is not there. We saw him cast into the lake of fire. He's not there. You will not sin in your new home. In the thousand-year reign, you won't sin because you got a new body. These are all good stuff that's about to happen. This world in which we are living in right now is ripe for the reaper. It is getting overripe as we, we uh, looked into that section. Um, I had just heard some information uh, just briefly um, yesterday. So our current administration has several major issues. 
I would like to go into them now. I don't got that kind of time. One of the ma- yeah. See, I didn't even say it this time. Come on, man. Can you go into it? One of the major issues our current administration has is Israel. And what I heard yesterday from sources that I know are good, that Israel is now in the position where it can no longer trust the United States. How much does that stink? But that's where Israel needed to get to. Because Israel will be at the place when, at some point, the Russia-Arab invasion will come. No one will help them, but God will intervene supernaturally. So, you know, you look at it in its totality and prophecy, and you look at it and you go, okay, why this president? Why not that president? This one moved it to Jerusalem. Yay, Israel. But God's like, yeah, but I got to get to the point where America is off the stage. And it kind of seems that, right? We are, we are going into a third world nation. When was the last time you saw stocks full on the shelves at your lo- local grocery store? You don't see it anymore. You see gas going through the roof. But we have plenty of oil. And then on and why are we spending $3.5 trillion when we don't need you see all of these things, and you, in, in a, as, as an American, you think, well, this isn't the country that I... But it will be the country that God is choosing it to be soon and very soon because it has to remove itself from the world stage as to not be a player. And obviously, with this information I heard about Israel, they're like, yeah. What I had heard, take this for what it is, that Israel is planning a first strike. Thank you. We're here all week. Why is that good news? Well, not on the world stage, but in prophecy, it could very well be. And they didn't say who they were going to do a first strike. That could be Syria. It could be Iran. If it's Iran, that means Russia has to get into the fight, which means Ezekiel 38 and 39 play out, and then we're going to hear a trumpet blast. See, so when we, when we look into those things, we say, Lord, you have been doing it all along. We're focused on a little dumb bug over here. And Israel's over here saying, we're about to light the fire. Pretty amazing, isn't it? It's how the devil makes us focus on stuff that doesn't matter. And this chapter tells us Everything in your home, everything that you're, these chairs, everything here is about to go away. And our eternal salvation is in Jesus and Jesus alone, not in my works, not in religion, not in a particular church saves you, but the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Read ahead next week. I'm not sure how far we're going to get into the last chapter, but the last chapter tells us, behold, I come quickly. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for knowing about the last move we are about to take. And we thank you, Lord, for the nation of Israel. And we ask for their protection upon them as we know that you will. It's a lonely position for them to be in, the state of Israel, on their own.
And Lord, we do pray that things would change. We, we pray that our president would get saved. The vice president, and on it goes. We pray for salvation. We don't want to see anybody go to hell, even when we don't agree with them politically. And so, Lord, we ask your grace to be poured. Maybe your hand will be stayed, Lord. But if not, we have no worries, and we have no fear, because we are children of the Most High God, and we will about, we're about to escape all that you, we went through in the book of Revelation. So, Lord, thank you for your perfect will, for your hand upon man, and, Lord, doing stuff on the side that we don't even know, preparing, Lord, for what is about to come. So, Lord, thank you that we trust in you for eternal life. And so, Lord, Maranatha, even Lord, even so, Lord Jesus, come. Thank you, Lord, for our day. And all God's people said, Amen. let's stand, let's